Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. Hey, sorry for the interruption, but I'm thinking you may be thinking you want to do a podcast because you have things that you want to get out there into the world. And that's perfect because guess what? You can do it right here on Spotify for podcasters and it's free. You don't need anything but your phone. No money for a lot of expensive equipment. Just grab your phone, go to Spotify for Podcasters, and get your voice heard. When you read the Word, when you read some sort of spiritual book, maybe you're learning something about prayer, but it is a spiritual knowledge base nonetheless. I don't care if it's a podcast or if it's an audio book or if you're literally reading words. Our attitude and the eyes and ears in which we consume that information matters. What? <laughs> All right, let me take you to my quote of the day. Remember, I get this Catholic company morning email every day. Sometimes I go months without even opening it. Today, I opened it. Quote of the day by St. Francis de Sales. I want you to really pay attention to what kind of ears you are listening with. All the science of the saints is included in these two things. To do and to suffer. And whoever 
has done these two things best has made himself most saintly. All right, suffering. It is one of the prime characteristics of a Catholic. Technically, it's supposed to be a Christian. But how many Christians do you know who aren't suffering a bit, who are absolutely living their life exactly the way that they want because they have interpreted the Bible to allow them to do these blaspheming activities or these beliefs. So, for example, you know Christians who believe that people can be homosexual and still go to heaven. I'm sure you know Christians who believe in Jesus, but also believe that, hey, I'm not living such a bad life. I never murdered anyone. But yet they have all this other stuff on their conscience, on their soul, a lot of mortal sins. The true Catholic Christian embraces suffering. Why? Because we are conforming to Jesus. We know that we are to respond. We've been given that incredible gift of faith. God has opened our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our minds to the truth in the world, what is going on, all of the evil around us. Yet at the same time, he knows that it's an individual walk with you and him, day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour. And the more you walk with him, the more knowledge he imparts on you, the more understanding and God's wisdom will grow in you. Let's go back. Let's go back. <clears throat> Excuse me. All the science of the saints included, whoops, is included in these two things, to do and to suffer. And whoever has done these two things best has made himself most saintly. When was the last time that you sat with yourself and said, I want to be a saint. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> it's not easy to be a saint. And remember, we're all called to be a saint. We can't pretend like I did in the beginning of my journey because it was hard and I couldn't do it on my own that I'm not supposed to be holy. Someone else is supposed to be the saint. It's not Saint Kendra, that's for sure. But God corrected that stupidity and that ignorance and said, look, I want you to suffer with love. This is how we need to be interpreting and the ears that we need to hear that quote from our lovely Saint Francis de Sales. We got to think of Jesus because Jesus suffered more than, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, more than probably every single human being on earth combined in his passion. And his passion was from the moment that they convicted him, actually it was kind of up in the garden of Gethsemane, starts there. He's asking God to take away the cup, but only if it's your will, Lord. 
And he did it for the love of us. I know so many people have a brain cramp when it comes to that. How in the world could someone take on all of that pain and suffering for love? Well, if there's any moms out there, and I cannot speak from experience because no babies come out of this body, but think about all the pain and the angst that you went through, all the suffering for those nine months, then through the birth. But voila, the baby comes out and you don't think anything about that pain. And you went through it gladly, or I hope you went through it gladly. I know I've seen some people who have been pregnant who have made their life miserable and probably their baby. I knew a person who just complained every second of every moment of that birth. And don't tell me that that didn't have an impact on that baby. That baby was colicky. That baby, (laughs) I felt horrible for the person who watched that child while she went back to work, happened to live a few houses down. That's all the baby did was whine and cry, just like mom. All right, I don't know why I went there, but it matters how we perceive things. That's why when we read, when we learn, we must ask the Holy Spirit into our heart. So that we can hear what God is trying to say, not hear it with the worldly ears. Because some of you might have heard to do and to suffer are the only two things that make us saints. And you might have been like, ah, more suffering? No, God, I'm having a hard enough time with my life. But that's not how we should be viewing that. We should be consuming that information and understanding that suffering is aligning ourselves to Jesus on the cross. So when things come our way, the curveballs in life, that we can react with love, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with humility, and suffer with joy, suffer loving others suffer differently. Remember where people can look at you and say, Hey, 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 what's going on with you? Because your life pretty much stinks right now. I'd be in tears every single day. Why are you walking around like nothing's happening and all is good? Because I have God, because God will never give me something that I can't handle. And it's sanctifying me or it's sanctifying you. So I'm embracing the suffering and I'm doing the best that I can to walk in the light of Christ, trusting that this too shall pass. But there's also some great learnings about it. Some amazing God moments. I was just, I'm going to wrap this up real quick. I was just talking with a friend who I found out just identified that she had breast cancer. I was talking to her right after she had her first chemo treatment. She's stage two. I think she's going to get it pretty early. But in my mind, I thought, you know what? This is going to be such a deep, soul-searching, pivot moment in your life, girl. You are going to change. Everything about who you are right now is not going to be the same one week from now, two weeks from now. And that's amazing. I said, I know this stinks with what's, what you're going through right now, and it's going to be painful and it's going to be bad. And this person is not 
a real faith-based person, as a matter of fact. Mom is Catholic. She was not raised Catholic. Her husband's Jewish. I mean, a whole mishmash of stuff going on here. But I do believe that she believes in a higher power. I just don't know who that is. Excuse me for my clearing of my throat. But the whole end game with that conversation was really all about with God, our view of everything changes. So when we look at suffering, let's be happy to do it. Let's be happy to walk away from that addiction. Let's be happy to walk toward that person who we're holding resentment for. Because by the way, that is a sin. Better get yourself to confession. Haven't brought up reconciliation in a while. And that is truly the walk, the sacramental relationship with Jesus. We need confession often and frequently so that we can kick those spirits out. Don't forget that last time I shared, gosh, excuse me, I'm usually like trying to stop this and clear my throat. So I'm not doing it on the podcast, but I just have too much to say and I'm already running out of time. Confession is more powerful than an exorcism. Confession, reconciliation is a sacrament. An exorcism is a sacramental. What's the difference? A sacramental is something that helps remind us about our faith, helps us focus on our faith. So you can wear a miraculous medal, a crucifix. You could have a St. Benedict's, excuse me, bracelet on your hand. You can do all these external things that can help remind you of the power of God and of God in your life. And oddly enough, even though exorcists cast out demons, that's still not as powerful as the sacrament of reconciliation. And I know that some of you have brought your sins into that confessional and have walked out feeling brand new. That is what I'm talking about. Those evil spirits have to go, especially if you are repentant. (laughs) Not so much if you're not. If you go in there like I have many times just to confess so that you can receive Jesus in the Eucharist, kind of knowing in the back of your heart, you're going to do it again. That doesn't count. We truly need to be repentant, be sad and ashamed for what we did, seeking God's forgiveness. He's there for us, no question. But we really need to search our hearts. And if we don't want to let go of that sin, and if we're still kind of holding on to it with our little white knuckles, although we're holding it up to God saying, take it, (laughs) been there, done that, we have to ask him to change our hearts instead. Okay, Lord, I really don't want this out of my life, but I know it doesn't serve me. And I know it doesn't serve you and how you told me I needed to live being a servant leadership and serving you here on earth. So I need your help to take this away. I don't want to desire to do this anymore. That should be your prayer as well. Because in the, in the end, with this quote, we are to do and to suffer. But if we do it in the name of Jesus, 
and we align ourselves with him on the cross and we offer those sufferings up for the reparation of sinners, for the love of him and for all of those who do not care about Mary, who are indifferent to Mary, we make it meritorious then. It counts even more when we offer up that suffering. I think that's something that a lot of us forget, myself included. And if you remember later that you didn't offer up that suffering, doesn't matter. Offer it up right at that moment that you remember because God is out of time and space. Let's pray. In the name of... <clears throat> Whoa. Yuck. Yes, I am having heavy whipping cream. And I think that's not the best for me to do right before I do my podcast and stuff. Because I get phlegmy and that's so gross. And I'm so sorry because I just don't have time to edit these things. So you're going to have to hear that lung cookie thing. <laughs> this one, next time I'll try to make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay, back to the prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Father, we love this journey together. Yes, you challenge us to live virtuously and to change our lives. And we get that and we want to do that. We are ready, willing, and able, but the flesh is weak. Our spirits are willing. So we ask you, Lord, help us to embrace change and suffering. And if we don't want to suffer, help us to know that suffering can be beautiful. That we can align it to Jesus on the cross. That we can make it count for those in our lives who we are hoping will come back to God. For ourselves and our own struggles. Help us remember that suffering is conforming to you, Lord. And it's part of of the Catholic Christian walk because this world lied to us. This world told us that we shouldn't feel pain. We should take a pill anytime we feel a little uncomfort. We should take a drug. We should distract ourselves doing something that takes our mind off of our real life, our real struggles and our real sufferings. So, Lord, on this walk with you, we know suffering is part of it. But we can do it with joy when we invite you into our hearts and when we walk this transformation with you. We could be happy about the suffering. We can rejoice in the challenges and in our humility to give it all to you, God, so that you can bring your power into our life. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <sighs> I was spinning around a little this morning. Didn't really have... I mean, you guys know me by now, though some of you have just joined. I'm not a planner. I'm not a scheduler. For example... I could put it all in my calendar and that's great. And if I have reminders and alarms to tell me, that's awesome. But it doesn't necessarily mean, unless it's like a specific appointment, a coaching appointment or a radio segment or something like that, that I'm going to do it just because it's on my calendar. Do you guys remember when I was 
putting on my calendar the different workouts that I was going to do, the different body groups so that I could keep going down my strength training thing. Yeah, every time it would come up, I'd have a specific exercise or a specific DVD to do, for example, <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, I don't want to do that today. I think I'm going to do this. That's me. This is the walk of N equals one. It's you. This is the experiment of life in your life. You may be a person that lives on a calendar. And if it's not scheduled, it doesn't get done. You also may be a per I mean, you may be very rigid and project plan focused and organized and detailed. All of that may be you. That's not me. So that's why I want you to figure out what works for you. Because planning stuff for me, it helps sometimes. I mean, it's nice to kind of see what's, what's happening, but I'm also very much a live every day as it comes. So this morning, I just didn't feel focused on anything. I'm waiting for people to come and tell me when I can go live on YouTube so that we can talk about a few things this week. I haven't gone live for the Soul, Mind, and Body group. I'm also praying on the next videos that I'm going to do. Lots of people want apologetics. So by the way, get out there on YouTube. If you're on my YouTube channel, vote because if you vote, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm taking the first highest category that I put out there and I'm doing the video today. So get on out there on YouTube, vote for the subject that you want. Um, I think it's like speaking up against the culture or speaking up against sin, kind of apologetics, like why do we believe what we believe? I put one out there about mental prayer, walking through and figuring out how do you meditate? Um, there was another one. <laughs> it's funny because what I think you all want isn't necessarily what is coming out in the poll. So this is why I'm asking. And by the way, all of my stuff is for you. I don't do this for me. So you've got to tell me, what do you want more of? And unfortunately, I don't have this centralized collection of emails and texts and social media comments and YouTube comments. I mean, I have all these different places where you guys give me feedback. But again, when you don't have the skill of administration, it's hard to pull them all together. So regardless, I've heard a lot. I've just got to go back and kind of put a list together. But that's really what all of this is about. You have to tell me what you want more of. And I'm here for you. Now, some of these things take some time. I was just going through my all, okay, this is getting long, but I was just going through all my numbers. You remember when I told you that I got my blood work back, all of my advanced lipid profile stuff, and I was comparing them? Well, when you learn something, I don't know, six months prior, and you don't actually have it kind of in your head enough to teach it, I got to go back start reviewing some of my notes, reviewing some of the videos and things that I've learned. 
then interpret my numbers, also interpret my husband's numbers. But I did that yesterday and it was like a four hour rabbit hole of diving in, but I can teach it now. See what I'm talking about? So that's why I need to know kind of what the topics are because some of them will and do take some pretty good prep work. Others, I can just whip off on the top of my head, you know, but when we're talking apologetics or when we're talking about something about speaking up against sin, we need to know God's word. So I am going to want to do some research to get Bible verses and catechesis stuff out there so that we can learn how the teach, how the teach, how the church teaches this stuff, but also have some understanding of Bible verses and his word in our back pocket. Again, you never hear me whipping out chapter and verse, except for James sometimes, because James just rocks. But otherwise, I'm not out there saying, oh, according to John 3.16, blah, 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 blah. I don't do that. I don't do that. I just share the story. As a matter of fact, I don't even really use or know the words. I just know enough to say, God says this, with the exception of the tough ones like Leviticus, or those where it's blaspheming God and the Holy Spirit, the ones that are serious, the one where in John for the, um, the bread of life discourse, there's no mincing words there. It is chew my body, eat my blood. These are the things that we need to be kind of more specific in those Bible verses, but otherwise you can just kind of share the story. All right, this is getting long. I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just not wanting to hang this thing up so that I could get on with my day, which I don't even know what that's going to be. <laughs> I do know, but I don't know. I just need to sit and pray. I think that's the key. Lord, what is it that you want me to do for you today? Because I did not get that. In my prayer time with him, I did get what he wanted me to talk to you about. But now that's over. That's not really working on me. Every day he asked me to do something. Every day. By the way, I am finding that I'm not eating enough. These are the things that he has me doing. Just looking at myself, looking at my body, feeling, am I energetic. Can I do my workouts? Do I wake up rested? Did I sleep well last night? You know, I'm also looking like at my poops and things like that, which are great. I'm, but I'm realizing that I don't think because I sort of eat kind of one, maybe two times a day. I don't think I'm getting enough calories and I'm not a tracker people. <laughs> I don't track stuff well. I don't like writing things down. Clearly, I'm not an organized, structured person. So I wing it. Ah, that was about 300 calories or that was about this. And what I'm realizing is that the calories in the morning that I'm having in my coffee, yes, I am back to that. It's helping to sustain me. What's happening is it's basically fat in my coffee in the morning. I don't do any sweetener. But what it does is it kind of gives my body that signal. Hey, fat's coming in. Woohoo! I'm not starving. But then after I'm done drinking the coffee in the morning, I go on about my day 
and I typically probably won't even eat. Although yesterday I did have some chicken because I was going to do a strength training workout. I don't, I don't eat until like dinner. And I know that I'm not getting enough calories when I'm eating dinner because all I'm doing is just grabbing chicken breast, some cheese. Last night, that was kind of how it was. Okay, sorry, rambling here, but I was paying attention. How do I feel today? A lot of people say, don't listen to your emotions and your feelings and all that kind of... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about my physical body. How do I feel? So every day, yesterday... I worked out with legs and shoulders. I feel great today. Why? Because I think I ate enough and I took some HMB and some other things that were like protein-based and amino acids to build muscle. So I woke up this morning not feeling sore. But a week before when I did legs, I was sore for days. Now what's the difference? I don't think I was eating enough to repair my body. So what did I do? I didn't work out for a few days. One day I went for a walk and I was so tired by the end of the walk. We have to pay attention and adjust. If you are out there, I know some of you are out there because you've sent some comments in the YouTube group. If you're struggling with sweets, try to eliminate the fake sugars. Just knock it out. Give yourself three days and think about it as the three hours that Jesus hung on the cross. If you can kick that addiction for three days, your body is already detoxing itself. So if it's sugar, it's going to be out of you. And then you won't have that craving until the very next time that you put it in your mouth. Trust me, I have been there, done that. And I'm going to say that monk fruit doesn't seem to have the same impact on me as stevia. So last night I did. I am sprinkling a little monk fruit with cinnamon and some vanilla in my plain yogurt, grass-fed yogurt, which by itself some may say is sour, and it doesn't even taste that sour to me. So I think I'm eventually going to get rid of the sweetener in it. But it was kind of nice to kind of finish off yesterday with that, and I was full. I wasn't really hungry, but I knew if I have a cup of this, it would really, I think, put me over that caloric edge. So when I go to sleep tonight, I'll feel better. I ate too late, but all I'm sharing all of this with you is because I'm paying attention to my physical self. And there have been days where I'm like, man, I'm tired. I can't even like finish this walk. I, we have to, sorry for the big deep breath and like nothing out of it after that, but I just feel like if we don't actually live every moment every day, we're not going to understand what our N equal one kind of thing is for us. N equals us. We are the scientific experiment. We are the spiritual experiment. We are the mental, emotional experiment. And it's just us. We have to figure out what works for us. Wow. I've really, really jabbered. I'm so sorry. I hope everyone has a beautiful day. Let's remember suffering is Jesus-like. And the more that we do it like Jesus, 
the more we do it with love and the more it's not suffering at all. All right, everyone, find something more with God. Oh my gosh, there's that phlegm again. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> find something more with God, soul, mind, and body. Got to get back to that and have a blessed and inspired day.